0: Hello, hello, hello. Happy week to the two of you. This is Jessica Kupferman. I'm here with Melissa Brilliant. Hi! Hello, Melissa and John John Buchanan. Hi, John John.
1: Are formerly, uh, or also known as the dick. Look, the dick of the show. The dick I, of the show.
2: I'm just saying, there are times where what you say comes across as slightly dickish, some might say protagonist, but some might say dick. So I'd like you to
0: keep that title because I'm tired of being the dick of every show. You know what I the say dick one fucking time?
1: I <laughs> say guilty as charged. That's what All I right. say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I don't want to <laughs> be the dick. Let's let's be that clear about that. I don't want to be the dick. Well, listen, today is gonna be a day full of dicks,
0: and none of them are on this podcast because they're in jail. Excuse me?
2: Th- yeah, oh. yeah, 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 she's right.
0: Fire Festival Documentaries. Listen, if you're listening to this show and you enjoy this show, I'm going to want you to do something. It, this show's not going anywhere. Press I want pause. you to stop the <laughs> podcast. If you have not seen the Fire Festival documentaries, at least the Netflix one. Melissa likes the Hulu one better. However, John has not seen that one yet. And also, I don't think it's better. So therefore, just watch the Netflix one and then come back.
2: Let me defend why I think it's better. All right. So press pause. We love you, but don't. But Go watch to at come least back. one of them, dude. Remember to yeah. come back. I say Hulu. Jessica found a story in Netflix that she just – she can't get past. So, And we watched it and we thought, oh, my God, that's what she was talking about. And that's a good friend. But, yes, the reason – I'm going to defend for a second without giving too much data – my liking of Hulu more. Two reasons. One, I think Billy McFarlane is peripherally responsible for the Netflix one. I believe that he – gets something for it. I think he's part of production. I think he has something to do with Billy it. It was paid 125
0: yeah. grand for the Hulu interview. How oh, he was? He was not part of production at all.
2: But he he is but he was one of his companies. It. Yes, one of his companies is adjacent to the Netflix one and the Hulu one. I actually got to hear his words and not just the I got to hear him answer or should I say not answer several questions that I I thought. <laughs> yeah. But what I really liked about it was it was I told John earlier it was more in line with our sense of humor like if um a question a stupid That's question was true. asked and somebody gave a dumb answer they showed like a comic strip of somebody going Doy! like they just it was totally <laughs> consistent with how I think and how and I just appreciated the way it was put together more but both of them watch them I'm submerged right now in all things information
0: fire. is way less salacious on the Hulu one, which is why I like the Netflix one, because through the Netflix one, I was like mouth open, drooling on the floor. I was so shocked by what I was seeing. So, yeah, so just a background, the Netflix done was done, the Netflix one was done by Fuck Jerry, who was their marketing team for the Fire Festival, and I believe for the Fire app, but mostly they were the ones in charge of creating the initial video. I'm doing all the Instagram and doing all the posting about the festival, the influencers, all that was fuck Jerry. And then after the aftermath, I guess is when they decided to make this Netflix video, uh, documentary. I don't remember who's behind it on Hulu. I do know that they paid Billy. That's yeah. all I know. I don't yep, remember. Yeah, he got who's paid for his interview. The... Yes. Yeah, I but but and I also I also know that he tried to get Netflix to pay them to pay him by saying. I'll do yours, but Hulu is giving me two fifty, even though they weren't giving him two fifty. Are
2: you saying that he lied? <laughs> that Are you saying betrayal. that William McFarland lied about something, Jessica? I am. I'm not actually
0: sure at this point. I was trying to give him the benefit of the doubt.
2: Oh my god, the you're name. the one. Are you kidding me? You're the last so, soul.
0: So, before we get into the conversation, if you have decided to hang on to this show and you're not going to watch the Fire Festival, I'm just going to tell you what it is. A 2 years ago, there was going to be a Fire Festival on the island that was once owned by Pablo Picasso. A music it was, festival. It is a music no, no, festival not, not and it was Pablo it was Picasso. advertised as a VIP luxury experience. <laughs> hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. Hold it. Not Pablo So
1: Pablo Escobar, the drug lord. Escobar. It's a big, giant difference.
0: No, that's a big difference. I'm sorry. Pablo <laughs>
2: Escobar. That's a totally different Pablo island.
0: Escobar. A whole different feel we're having there. Yeah, Pablo Escobar, an, an island owned by Pablo Escobar. Girls, luxury, yachts. VIP experience—you could pay for a villa, you could pay for um, an ex- exclusive, like white glove service. Stephen Starr was going to do the catering. Who, you know, the three of us who live in Philadelphia—we've eaten at Stephen Starr's restaurants. Every bite is like a mouthgasm. It's amazing.
1: Picture, so I remember
0: seeing the festival pictures of it on Instagram and being like,
2: "Coachella." I, I was young enough to
0: give a shit about this because it looks cool. Yeah, it was very much like Coachella, but for rich kids. So, Richer.
2: right, right.
0: The long and short of it is. Through one mishap or another, they did not cancel the festival, but all the things that I just explained to you weren't there at the festival for whatever reason. And then by the time the guests got there, there really was no festival. They had no acts. They had no food. They had no accommodations. They had nothing. But they never stopped the train.
2: But I'm so intrigued by the fact that you are focusing on the arriving at the festival being that utter shit show, which it so no, was. I'm not. It I'm was not a even shit gotten show. Started. <laughs> okay. No. The fact that you, I want, here's
0: what I want. You go first and talk about what you think was the craziest thing out of the entire situation. Now that I've given you the premise, we can get into like the details and what made us the most like just stunned. You first if you want, like Melissa, go ahead.
2: So the buildup was completely on Instagram and it was completely hype. It was hype People, mm-hmm. models, Kendall Jenner were given two uh, two hundred and fifty thousand dollars for each post, and you really only need one post. But it was one post per person that they got paid to publicize this. What we now know was non-existent music festival in the Bahamas. From the pictures of the venue, which were doctored because it was really a picture of like the Sandals Resort near no, no, this no.
0: place. No, no. Actually, to be fair, when they did the video and made those posts, everyone was under the assumption that it was going to be where they did the video and that everything was going to be what they said. All of them were under the impression when they did the promo that that's what was actually going to happen. It's just that they didn't say anything when it started to crumble.
1: Well, what what happened was in one of the advertisements, they said it was on uh, Escobar's Island and then he got mad and he threw him off the island. So that... The owner of the island
0: specifically said, do not mention Pablo Escobar. Right. And what did he do? He Put mentioned... it right in the fucking middle of the video. So they were like, you
1: can't have it here, By They threw him out of the place. So then he was all... But it's okay. So if... I'm sorry. Go ahead, Melissa, because I have feels too.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's a certain degree... I mean, I watched it with my husband, and he and I related this I imagine com- what said. completely to Bernie Madoff, right? Yes. And his, yeah. and his completely fleecing... One generation over another. So I really feel like Billy McFarlane is the Bernie Madoff of his generation. He presented presented something that wasn't – I mean, he started with Hamilton tickets. I have 200 Hamilton tickets. Well, he didn't have them. People gave him money. He took their money. He went on StubHub and he bought all of these tickets. And then he spent way over what they gave him because he promised him – right tickets well no before from having this credit card that he invented he's just oh that's a, right he created his own credit oh, card God. by going to home depot and buying a piece of stainless st- stainless steel and peeling metal, off yeah. metal. peeling off the back of his own credit card putting it on this stainless steel and having it be um what do you call it Mag's maximus mag magnesis, whatever. magnesis. magnesis. What? So he creates. So with membership has its privileges. So then he had to provide services, and one of those services, and this is all pre-faux festival. It's pre-fire app. Period. Yeah. Pre-app, which which I thought you should have stopped with your fire app. That was pretty great. Totally. It's still a good idea. Yeah. He invents this uh, credit card, and with membership you have your privileges. So I have to give you a place to hang out. As a member, I have to give you benefits, which means discounted Hamilton tickets. Well, Hamilton tickets are like uh, between $500 and $1,200 right from Ticketmaster, not to mention what you pay from a scalper to get really good seats. So he then had to get money from somewhere else. So it's very made in where he is – Stealing from one scam to pay for another scam to pay for another scam. And there are people whose lives in the Bahamas were completely ruined, their savings demolished. Ruined. And, and, St- and Stewart felt terrible for this woman who was saying, I can't even talk about it. It's devastating. And I said... How about all those people on the Upper East Side who invested all of their money with Bertie Madoff and they're now living in a homeless shelter? Like they they have their whole life savings. She's young enough to work. It's terrible, but
0: I didn't know till I saw the Hulu documentary that that not only were some of the Bahamian vendors' lives ruined, but some of the kids so the villas. Like the ticket to the event was like fifteen hundred, but then if you wanted to stay, it became fifty thousand, and then a hundred thousand, and then two hundred fifty thousand. And in the Hulu documentary, the guy said, "I was getting these emails saying I've sold everything I own for this experience. I quit my job so that I could go to this experience because they wouldn't give me the workday off." Like. Lives have been ruined uh, by this, it's and
2: let's not even talk fiders. about. Let's not even talk about what kind of person does something that fucking stupid. Let's, and could we not? Because we'll okay. get really derailed. <laughs> right, okay. Listen,
1: isn't that just poor life choices? I quit yes, my job. Yes. I sold all my shit to go to an island for a weekend to watch a concert. In other words,
0: yes, but that's a whole nother episode of models. the millennials and analyzing the millennials. I could talk about that for a whole another hour.
1: That is basically the gene cleaning itself basically that is stupidity at its well finest. really
2: really that just shoves all of those kids back in their parents basements because they have no money <laughs> that's left. where they were in the and first that screws, place even that's...
0: billy was living with his parents
1: at the very end yeah now he's living with uh, a bunch of uh...
0: so so your most shocking moment was just the fact that he was lying about the first business that shocked you or no
2: I don't know that I'm really shocked by anything anymore, but I, what I found most compelling was that it's a fraud from day one. He he drank his own Kool-Aid. People wanted to believe a charismatic person. They drank his Kool-Aid. They wanted to believe it, and they were willing to pretty much, it turns out, volunteer their time. And the fact that it just was a house of cards built on one stilt is just amazing to me, and that it, all of these children of privilege... Just believe everything they see on Instagram, and how they want to, and how they just feel. Well, I don't know about the people who sold everything they had to go. Again, they need therapy. Well, what but could they have had? I don't know. But so, so then they discuss how it's a zero cash event. So once he's out of money, he says, no, no, you have to buy this bracelet because we're not accepting any cash. We're just going to scan your bracelet. We recommend you put a minimum of $300 on the bracelet. Oh, Per day. Per day, right. And, and you don't buy your own airfare. You just buy this ticket to go, which we're telling you includes your airfare. Nobody knew how to get to an airport to get on what plane. They have no information. They just gave up money. They gave up money. They just threw it in the wind. It was surprising to me, too. Like, despite the fact
0: that they were asking, begging, demanding more information about the event, they still came. They still got on the fucking plane and came. That made no sense.
1: Well, to me. because they had spent all this money, they figured, how am I going to how am I not going to go to this concert? I mean, they put all this money. The thing that drives me crazy money. is that if you ran this thing right, it was there for the taking. $50,000 yeah, for, this, this for this package, $25,000 oh, for this package. People were buying it. They were selling out. The 10 experience, that was all selling out. All they had to do was deliver on it, and they couldn't deliver on it.
0: But why couldn't they deliver on it? So this is the part where, for me, I was like, right here is when everything went to shit. When they were kicked off the escrow, if they had just kept their mouth shut, stayed on the island that they originally told people they were going to be on, they would have pulled off one of the most amazing festivals in the history of festivals. I disagree. However,
2: I disagree. Unless you pull up that cruise ship, where do you have the ability to take a fucking shit? That was a horrible mess. That
0: first island did have the capabilities, though. And they had plenty of time to build everything. That's the thing. Once they moved locations and didn't tell anyone, and then I think they had to move again. That's where they found this the gravel pit. They had to move twice and I think that's where someone said, hey, we got to at least tell people it's not on the same island. And he was like, nah, fuck it. Right there, I was like, this is the beginning of your demise right
1: now. The beginning of the demise was when this person said, we're not using the cruise ship. They were going to pull a cruise ship up there and they were going to shuttle people back and forth. Oh, they forgot that part. If they would have pulled that cruise ship up there, they would have plenty of room for everybody. The cruise ship everybody. is definitely ready to be able to feed everybody and all
2: perfect everything partner with royal caribbean
1: right rent a ship for you're right that would have been perfect and then you just have the ship pull up and then people are going back and forth to the concert and then the concert goes off and now you've you've started it and everybody's had this fantastic time and then the next time you, you build on that that's when they when they say we're not using the cruise ship that's when Why it all Why did they started. say that? Do
2: you remember? I have no Why? idea. Why? Why did they stop? Because the- he wanted a fucking pirate ship to show up so he could have buried treasure somewhere. Because he's a wild dreamer and he, he's, a, he's fucking Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, dreamer of dreams. He's unreal. I
0: think another place it went to shit was when he called Steven Starr and said, I know you want $5 million, but I only have a million. You have to do it for a million. And Steven Starr laughed in his face and hung up. That was a pivotal moment as well, because you can't just scrape up Steven Star food. I mean, did he think no one would notice that it's not sushi and tapas? Where, where was he going to get that? And it's like he didn't even think like, what are we going to feed them? It's almost as if he never even thought about feeding them.
2: How do the you in- do that for six days? Because he's huh? a big idea guy. He's a big idea guy. That's what he's in. I, the the logistics player. aren't my thing. I'm a big I'm a big picture guy.
0: So what about Grant Margolin? What about Fuck Jerry? What about uh, There were so many people. What about Andy King, who the the gay mentor? What about I hear I mean, there's so many people there that were re, uh, logistics people, but he just didn't. He either didn't listen, and they didn't
2: push. No, they did. The pilot pushed, and he quit.
1: So you know what? It was one of these things where they knew it was going to be a train wreck. And they wait, wait, st- wait.
2: The pilot who taught himself to drive on a simulator uh, in his basement—that right. pilot yeah. who, that who pilot. taught yeah. himself yeah. to fly—and and that was okay. John, you were saying. Yeah. I'm sorry. That He's guy was the one crackhead. that had too much and was He's like a crackhead. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: that guy, that guy that oh taught himself God. how to fly yeah. by a computer, never got a license, never took a test, and was flying people back and forth over the ocean to that island. <laughs> he said, "This is fucking crazy." That guy. <laughs>
2: right. uh, I think I have to watch it again. And when that person is drawing that line, you know you're fucked. Right. <laughs> He's offended by that you. That guy
0: said, you length. know what?
1: I'm out of here.
0: There just were so many opportunities to cancel it. Like everything he did, just the alcohol, like the whole purchase of alcohol for the event was $2 million worth of alcohol, which cost him $100,000. No. Taxes. Like 900000
2: 90, $90, dollars just in customs. 45% tax. Right. Almost a million dollars. Almost half of what you're paying in alcohol. Why would
0: you? First of all, they don't have alcohol on this island. You really have to buy that much alcohol all at once and bring it over? They couldn't do like a little at a time over... How does that I don't know how that works? I'm not in the Bahamas, but I'm just saying two million dollars. Wow.
1: Anytime wow. you have to do anything, just think about the Hawaiian Islands. The Hawaiian Islands, everything has to be imported. Everything has to be shipped right. in and everything. I guess it's true. Right Except and remember for
2: macadamia nuts.
1: Right. And then you've got the government there, the government of you know, the island, and they how they have their handout. Remember the yep. Evian water was at the docks and they wouldn't let it go unless they got a hundred thousand dollars.
2: Or what else, Jess? How are they going to get the water?
1: They had the one gay guy go over, and uh, he was going to give him a blowy to get the water.
0: So this was the part. <laughs> this was the most shocking part to me. Really, the most shocking part to me was <laughs> that the mentor, <laughs> really? who the mentor who dropped everything. So that because Billy called him, he was in the middle of a deal, he dropped everything, he flew to the Bahamas to help with this fiasco. He gave Billy advice, gave him money, was helping him figure things out. He's a logistics guy, event planner, et cetera. Seems Andy King. One day, Andy King gets a call from Billy that says, Listen, Andy, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I have mem- this part memorized. I'm so shocked by it. He's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna need you to take one for the team. And he goes, I'm taking one for the team every day here, dude. What, what do you mean, take one for the team? Well, you're our gay leader. I'm gonna need you go down to customs. And suck the guy's dick so that he'll give us the Evian. And Andy was like, Billy, what? What are you saying? And he was like, yeah, um, it's just, it's going to have to be what it is. So the guy went, cool, took off, got off he the phone, say took cool. a shower,
1: <laughs> mouth washed up. He did not say cool. He, he
0: didn't did say, not say cool, cool, but he didn't say no. It's either cool or no. No,
1: he was, he was troubled by this. He was,
0: he was shocked.
1: He was in shock, and he's like, oh, okay, I guess I got to do this, you know? so He, he went, was
0: like, I guess I'll go save the festival. Where's my mouthwash? And got in the car and went down there ready to blow. Yes, that part, I was prepared. like, how could it get to this point? And why was he like, All right. no, I'm not going to do it. You should burn in hell. You and your festival burn in hell. No, he's like, where's the dick? I'll get ready.
1: Right, hang on a second. So, Jess, do me a how? favor. You be, you be Billy- and I'll be okay. a- a- Andy King. All right. Make that phone call to me. Beep, 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 beep. Hey, Billy, what's up?
0: Hey, man. um, I've got a really, really big favor that I need from you. It's like really big.
1: Okay. What is it?
0: <sighs> I don't even know how to ask. I'm going to I'm asking you to take one for the team. Can you take one for the team?
1: I've been taking one for the team every day. Hit me with your best yeah. shot. Yeah.
0: This is a different kind of take you take it for the team. Like I, I all the water. There's hundreds of thousands of dollars of water. Evian, No one's gonna have anything to drink because customs wants a hundred thousand in cash. And um, I think since you're, you know, beautiful gay man, you're our gay leader. If you could go down there and suck his dick, I think he'll give us the water.
1: Yeah. See, I understand about taking one for the team, but this is how this is going to go down. I'm not doing that. But what I will do is show you how to go down there and suck a dick to get that water. All right? How's that? That's not at all. Why don't we try that?
2: That's not at all how it happened. Andy agreed. He went home. He showered up and he went down there and he said, I'm prepared to suck your dick. And the guy's like, Relax. I'm gonna give you the water, but make sure I'm the first person paid when the checks rolling are are rolling out. And he's like, You got it. You're the first person. I'll pay you a hundred thousand not to blow you is basically what that came down to. Right. So he said he would but pay. Was him he first. the
0: first person paid? No, because what happened to Andy King? He had to borrow someone else's clothes hide in the bushes and sneak run the fuck for off cover, that get in a jeep and speed away as fast as possible without anyone knowing where he was.
1: And had to get on a plane and get off that island before he was fucking filleted Murdered. like a fish that was
2: the other big challenge getting the fuck out of there once you realize that this festival was a not happening be a complete shit show disaster and if you want water in the future you know what you're going to need to do to get it so all these people are like yo this isn't the festival that wasn't so let's go back to the airport let's get the fuck out of here and what did they do when they got to the airport First of all, they're already drunk on $3 million worth of alcohol. So they they went to another
0: restaurant. They locked
2: them in the airport. They put padlocks on the doors so they wouldn't blow. Yes. Like the whole thing from start to finish was a fucking disaster. How did you get there? How did this even happen? Because people put faith in a false god and they have Instagram and they – false god. Like there's a real one. Um. blasphemy you're going to hell no i'm not not. um what hell so they put faith in a a, an orange graphic on instagram hype this hype was built by influencers and these models got paid for like some people did get paid and never went you know it was a a perfect shitstorm, a perfect storm and right now we won't tell you how it ends or where Billy's spending the next six years of his life or how he got at an amazingly hot Russian girlfriend. That is all for you to see if you haven't
1: already. I didn't know he got amazing. I have to watch. Now I have to go because watch. Because that's on the Hulu one. She like they met
0: and fell in love. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, that makes perfect sense that you <laughs> fall in love with someone who just scammed millions of dollars out of people. what they, they, they say at the end?
2: It was 56 million. What was that? What was that? Uh... 27,
0: but 27 million, but probably... Uh,
2: Tons of people.
1: Was there anything satisfying about that? Because there was a satisfying thing, a part of that documentary that I saw.
2: Yeah, that he had to shower in the sink. That he went from living in the way he was living, even after he fucked over all those people living in a penthouse still, that he has to shower in the barracks in a sink because he's in fucking jail. Oh, did I? Ruin I was it? pretty
0: satisfied that he went to jail for the NYC VIP. That was the other part that was had me hanging on the ground. Like, after it's all said and done, and he's indicted on fraud, released on bail, he makes up a whole nother fucking scam. I can't believe it, what I'm seeing. I was like, "What? Well, you gotta be kidding me with this guy selling tickets to Victoria's Secret? <laughs> it's not like even Victoria's Secret." And people are like, "Here you go. Here's my money. Don't do, don't do do
2: do Here's my money. John's right. What? If you're willing to just show, like the Met Gala is the they were selling to. You can't yeah. buy tickets yeah. to the Met Gala. Stop you it. You got to be invited Stop by the fucking Vogue. Idiots. Stop but throwing money.
1: That was the satisfying part to, of me with all these people that had more money than brains were getting taken and they were like, "Oh no, I oh my god, I'm I'm locked in an airport. And I have no food or water. When's the John, water John, it's not
0: fair for you to laugh at them because of because yes, one reason. Yes, they're rich. Yes, they're stupid. Yes, they're irresponsible. But there's one reason that this happened. It's because they're young. I'm trying to remember what it was like to be 19 and 20 and 21. All the terrible, terrible things we did that...
2: Why'd you make me remember I mean, me I wonder that? if I...
0: Because I just wonder if you like, okay, Melissa and I, when we were, when I was 19, we went on a trip, went on a trip to New Orleans. Now, if we were there Slowly and somebody had said there's turn. this huge music festival Beep. where, where Bon Jovi's <laughs> gonna be and where, you know, what's it gonna be? We'll have our own private villa and everything will be wonderful. I mean, you would, you would have to physically, Pin me down to not go. Okay. Because it just sounds fun. And that's what they want. These are, this is a generation of people who can't afford a house, can't afford college, live in their parents' basement. They just want one weekend of freedom and importance. They just wanted to feel important for five minutes. That's why the Met Gala thing works. Because only important people go. And they're not important, they're 20.
1: This is why it's so satisfying. Because these people could have a home, could have all that stuff, but they take their money and they waste it on bullshit like this. All right. They don't take responsibility for themselves. They want everybody else to pay for like phone and, and, and living in their parents' basements and all that. So they can go out on a Friday night and spend nine to $10 for a drink, nine to 10 15 to $20 for a single I'm drink. Like, That's
2: and, a cheap drink. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You know how old I am. And then so, you, you know, and all that, and they spend and waste their money on all that instead of being a responsible person. And when they got taken for this, it just cracked me up. When they're all sitting in there, And they're sitting in the the airport with no concert, no nothing, cheese sandwich, all that. And they're in there like, oh, I can't believe this This is horrible. And what do they do? They take to social media to complain about it. And then that became, they started a website. They started a website that was uh, fire is a fraud. And they still came and they still were putting money into it.
2: Right, before the concert they did that account, fire fraud, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know So so in the same way that you're reveling in the fact that these fucktards, overprivileged, uh, millennials did this I mean, you a lot have of assumptions. Actually, but yeah. You're actually enjoying it to some degree, right? Yes. So yes. In the same way, are you horrified for all the victims of Bernie Madoff who invested in a in a banker in a um an investment guy. who— I feel killed. terrible
0: for those people. Those are innocent business owners.
2: Well, these are innocent concert goers.
1: No, but here's the right. Difference. But you got to understand. I always titled- go. I always go with the premise: if it's too good to be true, it usually it is. is. So what happened was, you know what happened? How the people for Bernie Manoff got taken because of the greed. Because they saw that there was so much, they were making so much more money investing with this guy than if they were taking a safe route. And they they took, they they figured this was, a, you know, no risk, but they were going to make so much more money. And it was the greed that sucked them in. And it was the greed that took them down.
2: So you think Kevin Bacon, Kevin Bacon, who lost all of his money, and yes. Kara Sedgwick, who had all of their money with Bernie Madoff, they lost everything that you thought because they were greedy?
1: Yes. Yes. Because...
0: Why were they greedy? They were offered something and they said yes.
1: Okay. if I, I will answer why they were greedy. Because most people, when they invest, they diversify. You put a little bit into gold. You put a little bit into something that doesn't grow. And you take some of your money that's, and you take it and say, okay, well, here, if this goes belly up, if this crashes and burns, I'm not going to lose everything. They didn't do that. Kevin Bacon and Kara Cedric was the guy that sold all his shit, quit his job, and put his money into this. That's what they do. Or he works,
2: and he has a finance guy. I don't really think that's true. If you've got a guy, I have a guy who does my finances, and it's an organization, and they take our money and they invest for us. And every once a year, we yeah, get together. Most people, and
0: I have that too, and I don't even have any money. We have an accountant. We have a whole. An investment firm.
1: Nobody could duplicate that kind of return on their money, and he was doing it. So they took all their money and they put it into this, where it should have raised red flags, that if it's so good to be true, it usually is not. And that I see that all the time, and it really does raise a red flag with me. When I see somebody promising the world, I'm like, how is this even possible? It really makes me put a hairy eye to whatever that is, whether it's anything, if I'm going to a buffet and they're serving all seafood and it's ten dollars, I'm not going to a ten dollar, all you can eat seafood. Because they can't make money at it <laughs> and the seafood's gonna be bad. Yeah, and I'm gonna but have I have it's different for two weeks. It's not. It's absolutely I the think same. Here's the different thing. with
2: I think it's different with a financial services company. If you you kind of shop them, this guy's gonna give us six percent back. here's over the course of the year. This guy gives six, this guy gives eight. Well, I, I think on the average, if you're giving back eight percent, I It's greedy to go with a guy who you think does a better job investing. I don't think that's greedy. I think that's smart. You give him your money, and that's it. And he meets with you once a year and says, we're doing well. And when he meets with you once a year and says, we're doing well, you say, that's great. Keep up the good work. You're not sitting there and saying, oh, I'm going to go with somebody else. Because he really gave up the finances so that he could raise his family and go to work and I don't really think that was all of them being greedy.
1: You're really minimizing it because, okay, do that same thing. One guy's giving you six. One guy's giving you 6.4. One guy's giving you seven. One guy's giving you eight. One guy's giving you 20. And you went with the 20.
2: I don't know that he ever guaranteed that much of a difference between it was a what he could difference. bring back and what everybody else. I think he was at the high end of the ballpark, and they all wanted the high end of the ballpark. If it was what you're saying, I can give you 20%. That's ludicrous, and that is your, your concept of if, it's, if it smells like a duck or whatever. If you know, it <sighs> yeah. looks like it's too good to be true. But I, I think he was in the ballpark, and that's how he got away with it for as long as he did because he wasn't ridiculous about it.
0: I don't know if this is how it works. I I cannot speak to the investment part, but I have a feeling that the Billy McFarlane part kind of went like this. We're going to have this festival. It's going to be amazing. We're going to do this photo shoot. Everyone's going to buy it. Everyone bought it within 48 hours. Then they felt like, Okay, now we have enough money to buy the island, get the food, da 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 Then they lost the island. Then he asked an investor, okay, I need a different place. Can you give me five mil? Then he got five mil. Then he spent another six, let's say, on ship for the new island. Then he got an investor for 10. Then he spent 12 getting the workers and the materials and the stage and the lighting. And then he got another investor for 27. And then he was like, great. I think he didn't know-
2: Every time you use the word investor, it sounds like it's a it's a gift. It's not. They want that money. It was not backed. a gift. Right. That's they right. Want that but plus. I think he honestly thought if he could just get the fucking people
0: there, he would rake in enough to give it all back because he was 25. What the fuck does he know?
1: Again, the thing is that he figured that he he knew there was a point where he knew that he wasn't going to be able to pay everybody. But what he thought figured if he could pull the event off, he could say, listen, you know what happened? I Next I, year will be this, Well, right? not only that, but, I, okay, I gave them this. I gave them something. It wasn't what they, you know, we had issues, and I lost money, but I, I delivered what I promised. Then came the point where he couldn't deliver what he promised, and then it became criminal. Then it became a scam.
0: At the end of the thing, he says, first of all, everyone's safe off the island. Second of all, they all have a free ticket for next year. He was still trying to think, like, how can I... He's going to make the money back by doing it again. Again.
1: Scammers going to scam.
0: Is that really it, though? Or do you I mean, I don't know that he seemed I mean, everyone's like, oh, he's so smart. He has this great way.
1: What scammer. He's so smart. He has
0: this great way of making money. People just hand him money. That might be true, but that does not make him smart. I don't think he's that smart.
1: No, he's not. He's an idiot. Listen. He had all these big, like he was living large. He was living La Vida Loca. He had Ja Rule there. There drink. Their, I never seen a video ja there without. Come on, <laughs> he's not that big. Well, you know who's not in jail? Ja Rule. He did something right. That's interesting, right? Why is that?
0: Because you know why? Because he's only in jail for the NYC VIP. He's not in jail for Fire
1: Festival. Oh, he's not at all. No. Oh, okay.
0: He couldn't be indicted on that. There was nobody. He he technically said like. There were no criminal activity related to the fire festival at all.
2: So he should have stopped at that fire yeah, that app, which just brought people yeah. together to hire yeah. celebrities. There are websites now where you can get a celebrity to call you and wish you a happy birthday, or or. Celebrity, monetizing that celebrity is amazing. That was a great idea. Stop, but he can't stop. He is compelled to chase the next one. Planning a next festival as the last person is limping and vomiting off your island currently, you're <laughs> out of your fucking mind. Like, you're like, here's a bucket. You know what we're going to do next year? Everybody's going to get a bucket. You're going to get your swag in a bucket. <laughs> Imagine it. I know
0: everyone was locked up in the airport for 17 hours with no food or water, but next year's going to be
1: way cooler. <laughs> We're not going to lock the doors.
2: Right. Go smoke by the uh, gas filler.
0: The actual arrogance and gall to even think someone would want after, after – after, honestly, after seeing that cheese sandwich, I, myself, I was laying in bed. I was watching it all unfold live that Friday night when people were getting there. And I was like, Scott, oh, my God, all these, all these kids are trapped on an island. They thought it was a festival. I said, look, this is supposed to be Steven Starr. And both of us went, that's fucked up. <laughs> Like, that food, I've seen dog food look more appetizing.
2: Dear listener, if you want to share with us your thoughts on this topic, we would love to hear what you have to say. Please, yes. please, please write right, us. move
1: on. You know, after like two days in an island with no food at all, that cheese sandwich and pickle probably looked like Stephen's or whatever Star's food, whatever his name is. It probably looked like his food. You probably they, wanted they it. They
2: each looked like a chicken. What was that, con- that strip where you were? Oh, it was a... Cartoon where you looked like a chicken leg and you wanted to eat each other because they were starving.
1: Yeah, exactly.
2: So do let us know, dear listener, what you thought of it and what you thought was the most remarkable part of it. You could do it on our Facebook page or send us an email. We would love to hear from you. John, did you say that you heard our theme song used in a commercial?
1: Yeah, I was no watching. Way. I was watching a commercial and I'm hearing this music and I'm like, where is that music from? And then all of a sudden, I went. <laughs> Right? <laughs> and then all of a sudden it went back in again and they did something. The music came on and I heard. And I'm like, hey, those Dick's <laughs> our no that's Dick saw song.
2: That's so funny. You picked it. Where is that from? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> where is it from?
1: Oh, first of all, I didn't from pick J- this.
0: It's from Premium Beats, I think. It's
2: from a stock place.
1: Yeah, I didn't pick this song. But uh, anyhow... I was sitting there, and then uh, the other podcast I do, which is the Hate to Wait podcast, I was listening to a commercial, and that music was in there. So it's kind of funny, you know. That's it's a crazy. royal. Anybody can go buy these songs, and then so then you know you picked a good one when someone's using it for a commercial. That's why I look at it.
2: I hear them on commercials while watching TV, and I'm almost afraid to tell you what I'm watching when I hear it. Last week, I asked you to tell me three things you liked about yourself. To to get a mantra for yourself, three things. I'm sure you have not done that. I forgot to tell you, where did I hear about that, finding three things? Well, watching Vanderpump Rules. Yes, it's true. I watch Vanderpump Rules, and that's where I got it.
1: Okay, so for the people that actually have a life, what's Vanderpump Rules? We don't know what that is.
2: Oh, it's another Bravo show made. It's by Lisa Vanderpump, who is one of the real housewives of Orange County southern california and she owns restaurants so it's all the wait staff and all the people there but in addition to watching all of the bravo shows i started watching a dumb show called the masked singer where they have oh yeah q list celebrities who are masked and they sing and and judges have to guess who it is and i also started watching air quote celebrity big brother
1: yeah, I, I saw that, and, you know, I'm thinking to myself, we are really stretching this word celebrity thin. Like, I could see the celebrity, and you had the R-list celebrity judges, uh, Jenny McCarthy, and then that guy that was... They the added comedian. Joel
2: McHale, which made me super happy, because I love him. He's funny and awesome. But, yeah, they had Nicole Scherzinger and Alan Thick's son, Robin, Robin Thick,
1: and mm-hmm. Dr. Yeah.
2: Ken Jeong. That's it. So yeah, sketchy at best.
1: You know, there's a whole area of the population that watches those Bravo shows. And <laughs> the, rest of, the rest of us are like, are you kidding me? You would actually sit down and spend a half an hour of your life and watch that? I mean, I don't even see where the entertainment is in that. Like when you just said that lady's name and she's from the Real Housewives of, uh, you, you lost me. Like in other words, it's an offshoot of a horrible show which is an offshoot of a horrible show. This is almost more of a scam than the Fire Festival, to be quite Ladies honest with you. Ladies and gentlemen,
2: this portion of our show is called John's Opinion.
1: Right. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's almost like MTV. It's not for everybody. It's almost like MTV threw up the Bravo channel, in my humble opinion. Like, they was, listen, we can't make any more shittier shows than what we're making here at MTV. And Bravo said, hey, guess what? Hold my beer.
2: Yeah. So I think Bravo doesn't appeal <laughs> to the MTV age. And Bravo is, is you're at the end of your day and you, you're crawling into bed. You just want to die from the day and you're in your happy place and you pop on the TV and you see wildly rich people throwing money around and you get to laugh about it, see some fun places and then roll over and go to sleep. So as long as you're not pinning your world, your life or anything else on what you see on the Bravo channel, I, I think you're just fine. It's not as sad as all that. I do want you to know they made a New Year's resolution this year.
1: It is now January twenty fifth, but look at you.
2: Um, Well, (laughs) I I made it on time, and I've 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 started to follow it. I am going to. It's against everything John stands for. I can't wait. So I thought I would share it with you. Okay. Um, I am going to write more letters this year.
1: Look at you. You're going to put pen to paper.
2: I'm going to put pen to paper and disrupt the whole mail service, your whole theory of the written letter.
1: Wait, who who gets to receive these letters? Who are we writing? (sighs)
0: Melissa, what a waste of paper. You're killing the environment.
2: I am building relationships. I am sharing love. Without having to talk to anyone. I am sharing love because it's rude to do it on a text. Yeah, I mean— I was no, not when telling John about how much I love getting letters, I realized other people love it too. I am going to share my thoughts and my feelings and I'm going to put pen and I'm going to put pen to paper and I am going to mail out some letters this year. So, dear listener, dear friends, dear people, check your mailbox. Don't pull a John and lose your health coverage because you refuse to check your mailbox.
1: <laughs> okay. I know one person is not getting one. It's me. All right. So
2: <laughs> you, you got my holiday card. That's enough.
1: Right. Uh, okay. So now the people that are going to receive them, are they like the same people that went down the shore with you for that weekend? Are they the ones? I mean, that are- one
2: or two of them might get it, but no, I want people in the world to to receive some
1: joy. Is family going to be in this? Definitely letterhead? not. No. <laughs> So definitely not. I think it's more I'm more fascinated about who you're going to send the letters to.
2: I'll keep you abreast, John. I will keep you abreast. OK,
1: that's very interesting. I love the fact that you're going to do this. If you sent me a letter, I would read it. I don't know what you would put in the letter. What, I would, would, read it. what would you put in the letter?
0: For
2: example, I we talk
0: too often for her to
2: write to us. Mm -hmm. For example, my first, my second letter, I want to be to a young girl who, after she graduated high school, came during the week to work at our house when I had, I had my kids 13 months apart. So it was like a step on one while I nurse the other so he doesn't go somewhere and make something explode. Like they were very, very close together. So I I wanted some mother's helper, hands-on help in the house outside the house, at the pool, wherever. And this young woman came, interviewed at our home with her mom. It was so cute. And she she stayed with us for nine months. She'd come during the week, leave on the weekends. And she has made it clear to me that being with my family helped her I mean, her family had its issues, had whatever, but she had a really good experience with us. She helped define what she wanted at, at in her life from her life. She went on to nanny for some famous families that made her sign disc- non-disclosure things and private planes and vacations and all this stuff. And I, I would love to write her a letter and tell her after she was so lovely. The influence she had on our family, and I want to just put out into the world some of the thoughts that I'm having. So she's probably letter number two for me.
1: Um, Dear Consuela, I hope this letter finds you well. Where are you
2: very, nannying very right Very white, now? very American, very very non-Consuela. Okay. She, she, and she now has her own daughter, and what it means to me to see her raising her daughter, yes, on Instagram, but... And, yeah, I, I want her to know. And I'm confident she's not a listener. So I'm in my head drafting this letter to her. So my New Year's resolution is to communicate better the written word through the mail because I'm fighting your end the postal service campaign that you've got going on.
1: Dear Becky, I hope this letter finds you well.
2: <laughs> is that the whitest name you could come up with? Uh, Becky. Oh, my God. Becky. And there's one other game show that's coming on TV, in addition to my other crappy game shows of the mass singer and celebrity Big Brother. Rob Lowe is hosting a game show. Yes. What's I called? would watch anything he did. It doesn't even matter what it's For called, him. it doesn't even matter what they do. Just prop Sing. him up, and I am in.
1: Why isn't Sing. he a bigger star? Because you're right. He is a no. big star, dude. I don't know what you're talking about. No, 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 no. He's not, like, he (laughs) should be, like, Tom Cruise. Oh,
0: he was, like, the first guy to ever be in a sex tape scandal. That's why. You
1: think that's it? I mean, even now? Yeah,
0: man. Yeah. He had to have a whole comeback with Wayne's World. He wasn't in shit for the 90s.
1: I I just think, but you're right. He He has that that charismatic charm. I that, love
2: him. Right,
1: that he could pull off the that men are not offended by or, you know, or and women just fall over and drop their Swoon. panties for.
2: Yes. Right, exactly. But, John
1: And why isn't he in more stuff?
2: I'll tell you. There's a um thing there's a thing around him where that he Ruins every show he goes into, oh. so, which is yeah, shocking. He's cursed like John Cryer, right? so he has yes. this curse of you don't want him in your show because he's just going to kill it. That's so tragic. he's the Ted I, McKinley
1: of the New Millennium,
2: the replacement, the replacement neighbor,
1: yeah. um,
2: maybe. But I don't understand why because he even just did a show recently a medical show that i loved him on he was so complicated and good and he just i mean even as lines appear on his face i love him more like he's so beautiful and he's so i don't know southern california let's go surf he's so great and yeah there is there is the the roblo curse that he ruins every show he gets on so not even
0: true because parks and rec was Parks and Rec was brilliant. He does not ruin it.: A everything.
1: horrible show. Parks and Rec was terrible.
0: Oh, I love that. Stop yourself. It's
1: it's not even it's funny. funny. You know what it is? Here's the thing. I know what it is. I finally figured it out. Saturday Night Live, Parks and Rec, The Office is all cringe humor. And I don't like cringe humor. And that's what it is. And the same way as that guy. Yeah, that's why I don't
0: like Will Ferrell.
1: Will Fowler is real. Will Fowler. Will Fowler. That guy that was on uh, the, the, with Correct. the cowbell. He is all Errol. cringe humor. Whatever. Feral. Yes, what she said. Farrell. Like I can't say that word. My mouth won't make that I sound. <laughs> I like words. Listen, talking is hard. All right. We're too slow. Yeah, it's all clear. Why don't you humor. get a job
2: where you don't have to talk for a living? <laughs> you have only jobs where you need to talk and talk and talk.
1: I like talking. I just sometimes have a word that it, it won't come out of my mouth. Will Farrell. There right. we go. Yes. There we go. All right. Yeah. So it's all that cringy humor. I can't handle that cringy humor. I don't find it funny. I find it annoying. So that's why I don't like it. The ripe old age of 57, I just actually came to mind. And, and
2: that's fair. I think, right. I think I told you before, Mallory has trouble with that, too. She squirms and doesn't. But she loved The Office. Rob Lowe is hosting a game show called Mental Samurai. So, it has a hint of the judginess of like being the super smart West Wing kind of know it all. And I think there is an obstacle course in it too. It doesn't matter. He just needs to stand there and smile or look pretty. It's just a bonus that he's
0: funny. Yeah. He's the producer of the show. It's his idea to do this show. Is it really? Yeah.
2: So is it an obstacle course? Is that what it is? It's a mental
0: obstacle course. So basically they're in like what seems like a flight simulator. They have to answer a question with what they have. They have helmets on the whole thing. If they go right or wrong, they still go backwards and all around and then they go to the next question. So it is and it's not. You have to be smart to answer the questions, but you have to be physically capable of being whipped around like a a weird roller coaster. You got to watch the preview. It's weird. I might
1: actually watch this.
2: I think I did. Watch yeah, TV I think and you and would. I still didn't know what it was about. I was just looking at Rob Lowe. It Rob
1: Lowe. Yeah, Rob Lowe's doing something. I'm going to watch Rob Lowe. What's he doing? I don't care. I don't care no what and You
2: have to look quickly because it probably won't last. So you have to really watch.
1: Don't right. blink. Rob Lowe's on another show.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> sad. So that sad. Is sad. Too bad. So Peace. sad.
2: Too bad. So uh, does anybody have a contribution for People I Hate this week?
1: Oh, my God, do I have a contribution. Now, again, um, go ahead. as usual, it has to do with drive-in lines.
2: <laughs> well, so, talk about what you know, John. Talk about what you know.
1: Exactly. The person that once they order, they pull up like, a, like halfway, and there's a whole car length in front of them. But these pieces of shit – will not move up far enough so you can order, and they leave that whole cart. They know they're pissing off people. They know they're pissing off people behind them.
2: And then do you hear, can I help you? Can I help you?
1: Exactly. Can I help you? And and you're like, and and the reason I say this is because the last time I did this, I was going to get coffee as I do in the morning, and the person did that, and she's like, can I help you? Can I help you? And I rolled down my window. I said, I would love to tell you what I want, but that piece of shit in front of me won't move his fucking car up! (laughs) Uh, That's funny. And the guy looked in his mirror and sat there, and the rage that started to well up in my body, I was like, I'm going to take my bumper, put it on his bumper, and push this motherfucker Right out into the traffic. I don't even want coffee anymore. I just want (laughs) to...
2: You don't need it. (laughs) I want to
1: get out of my truck, walk over, and rain blows down on this asshole through the window. You can't be a dick in the morning in a coffee line. True. So true. That is a death sentence.
2: That's not a population you want to piss off.
1: I'm not ready for this. I can't... Listen, I need that coffee to be able to start to where I can actually think, and it takes the animal brain and actually transforms it into a brain of a human and then if you're going to be such an asshole and irritant in that line okay so tomorrow we hear action news breaking news a man got shot in a coffee line at six o'clock in the morning because he didn't move well no it's you no it's it's not me but then when they would go to court they would say what happened they would tell the story and i say oh that's no problem
2: i totally get it
1: yeah innocent yeah that guy deserved guilty. not guilty yes exactly All right, so that's the person I hate.
2: Jess, do you have anybody you hate?
1: Uh, (sighs) I would say no. Honestly,
0: it's sad, but the first thing that came to mind is me. I don't hate myself, though, but I've just been... Why do you hate you? I don't hate me. I've just been... You getting in your way again, Jess? I've been a little rough on myself. Yeah, I'm working on it, but I've been kind of rough on myself, yeah.
1: It's okay. How? Shaving?
0: No. Just, ah. I'm having a hard, I'm just, ah. I'm just having a hard time, man. Funny. I went to therapy for the first time on Emily's birthday, coincidentally.
2: Mazel tov, simon tov, mazel tov, mazel was oh, is, it, is
1: it a man or a woman it's therapist? A woman.
0: And okay. it was pointed out to me, not that I didn't already suspect this, it was pointed out to me that my entire adult life has been me putting out enormous emergency fires and i've never not had that in my life as an adult from
1: and is that due to poor planning
0: some of it does feel like my life is happening to me yes some of it feels like i've made those decisions like of course i made the decision to have emily and nathan did i know that their father was going to be psychotic no i didn't i took a gamble certainly
2: there were definitely no warning signs? No warning Not signs Not until we at moved all. in
0: together. Dating? Yeah, no. I can't. Yeah, there were a lot of warning signs. I was baked, <laughs> basically, and I didn't see them. Uh, but there were a lot of warning signs. I, I mean, I can just run it down for you right now if you'd like. Okay, so terrible marriage goes to stalky divorce, which goes to single motherhood and having no pot to piss in, which then goes to finding Scott and getting married, which right at that time was when my mother got cancer, which right after that is when his father went in the hospital for bypass and had to be in a coma for six weeks. Right after he came out of that, my mother died. Right after that, we moved into my new house. And right around that time is when Emily started to get a little wonky in the in the mental department. And then it just kind of like went from there. Then I got pregnant.
2: So you go to see a new therapist? I've never seen one for a long period of time. Okay, so you need with this person to start from day one? No,
0: but she's, you know, the intake appointment, which is what was happening, was just like, so why are you here? And I'm like, well, I'm just having a hard time, you know, like being my best self. That's what I said. Anyway, so at the end of it, she was like, well, no wonder you're having an identity crisis because how are you, you know, she asked me if I have any hobbies and I was like, I mean, there's stuff I think I'd like to do, but it all seems like a lot of work. (laughs) <laughs> like i hobbies seem like
2: and i already have a lot of work. hobbies seem yeah. like an
0: effort and then she was like well what do you do for fun and i was like i go to conferences <laughs> sad though that's kind of sad but don't you
1: podcast when you yeah. when you consider podcasting a part of a hobby yes
0: but i don't get into it the same way you do and plus it's also been a job for a long time well so yes and no I, if i wanted to take a break you i could is what i'm saying i'm i'm surrounded by podcasting 24 hours a day, whether I'm interested in it that day or not. That's all.
1: Well, you work in the podcasting industry, but podcasting is not your job. In other words, your job is in the podcasting industry. That's true. You podcast for For fun fun and also. That's true. And to build up and some to build a brand. This
0: show is more of a hobby, but I've not had time to focus on it properly because I also do this as a job. And so it's hard to do it for fun when you're doing it for, anyway, that's not the point. So then she was like, well, First thing I should tell you is slow down because I don't think you've ever done it before. And I'm going to have to probably teach you how to do it. And I was like, cool. And then she said also like, yeah, it would make sense to me that you don't have a very strong sense of like who you are because who had time to figure that out all this time? And I was like, yeah, but I'm 44. Like enough is enough. I should not have to. So- huh? Huh?
1: She's going to tell you to slow down. How is she going to tell she you to, to slow meditate. down? She wants me to
0: meditate. She wants to teach me how to meditate.
1: Oh, okay. I was going to say because you have a job that uh, you work where you're, most of the people are in England and they're five hours behind. You have a four-year-old son, all right, and then you have th- this other business that you're uh, like a side business about podcasting and from the woman's point of view. So you have all these things. Like your life is packed so tight, I I just don't understand how she was going to tell you. I just – so the 15 – Yeah, but
2: meditating is 15 minutes in the morning of of centering yourself so you She's probably going to tell me how to meditate
0: and relax. I have have Fridays off from that job, so I should be able to do – like I was thinking starting next Friday or this Friday, I would take one room of the house every Friday and declutter it because I feel like it would help my brain, you know, like get rid of stuff that like books I'll never read and –
1: I got to tell you, decluttering helps, things right? is a big help. Clutter causes stress. It does stress. for me. Clutter and mess causes it does stress. For me too. That's a bumper sticker. It is.
0: So I don't know, just stuff like that. But so anyway, so once you go to therapy, then we're doing some changes at Rebel Based Media with my, I'm changing my role to do more stuff that I'm good at and less stuff that I'm not good at. But, you know, that comes to a head because I'm not good at stuff, which also makes me feel like shit. Does that make sense? Right.
2: Yeah, it's identifying things that need improvement. Nobody or just wants stuff to I just plain old suck off, at, which is-, which
0: is like never fun, especially when you try really hard at something, which I rarely do, to fail in an, in an area where I've never failed before. I was just like, what the fuck is wrong with me?
1: But here's the thing about failure. The thing about failure is that it's only a failure if you don't try. There's a lot of times where you fail. And, and failure is something you have to practice at, as stupid as that sounds. Failure is something that you have to practice about. Because if you're afraid of failure, you won't take that chance where something could be great. You might miss that Remember, opportunity. Remember, that was
2: the Sarah Blakely yes. story. Remember that? What did you fail at today? Because that's how you learn. That's how you better yourself. You've got to have a thick skin for that, that shit, that's how
0: I don't know needle. that I have that thick of a skin right now. And also, you know, I don't know if I, I so can't... You know, that. I used to have a thick enough skin to be like, I fucking fail all the time. But once I... Once I had an underlying theme of failing as a parent, I can't really forgive myself for failing the same way I used to be able to. I know it's not logical, so don't try and convince me I'm not a failure as a parent because I already know that logically I'm not. But there's a feeling there that makes me already feel like I'm not enough and it's multiplied by can't not being able to have a successful Facebook ad campaign. I know it's stupid but it just, my little soul hurts when I can't do something I try at. It hurts. I'm not crying, but I mean, like, it's just hurtful. Well, and so I've had a one of those weeks where I'm just like, I fucking feel like I can't do anything right. And it has nothing to do with, even if that's not true, which it hasn't really been. I've had a lovely week semantically, but just mentally, I just feel like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And that's exhausting.
1: Well, what I think happens is we get into what's called the overwhelm. When you get into the overwhelm, Then what happened for me, it paralyzes me. I can't do anything. So I had that problem just two weeks ago, just like a bunch of shit crashed. And I was just like, what happens to me is I go numb and I can't do anything. I just stand there. Like when when they finally say, hey, the bomb's coming and everybody runs and tries to hide. I'm just going to stand there and go, I'm just going to stand there because that's what I do. Take me. Take me. I freeze. I freeze. Me first. In those kind of situations, I freeze. Uh, So, So what I do is I just like break off small portions and say, okay, what's the most important thing I can do today? And then I, I hit that, all right? But if I could go back to 16-year-old John and whisper in his ear, the first thing I would say to him is, you need to fail a lot. I know. You need to get used to failing. I, know. I am used because to Because when it. you I mean, fail, you'll take knowledge. chances. And then what happened is I would immediately die because my 16-year-old brain would say, you know what? I can jump that r- ravine with this car. So, but no, not that business. No, John, business and business.
0: <laughs> no, I'm just not as, I'm not as strong about failure as I used to be. I just decided who I hate this week.
2: Okay. Oh, who? I'm so glad it's not you anymore. Go ahead. Well,
0: there's a little bit of a backstory. So like one of the things, so there's a couple of things in my head that I want to do. One is a t-shirt shop and I've already made some designs for it. So I've wanted to do a t-shirt store. I've wanted to do something with regards to Emily's story, speaking or something, I don't know. And then I've wanted to do, I thought it would be funny to do like video videos and be an influencer of some kind. Just like... Watch, have people watch me fail with makeup and fail with clothing and fail with my hair. just thought it would be funny. So I went into the realm of influencership for like five seconds. I have a friend who's an influencer. She's clearly been working really hard at it. She does Instagram stories. She has all these gorgeous pictures of herself on Instagram. And I find out that every two to three weeks, she has a new photo shoot. So she has stuff to put up. So she's paying a photographer twice a month to do professional new pictures of her in various places and you know she's also making all these graphics with quotes and like her own sayings which is fine I mean that's fine but this is also a full-time job and after watching the documentaries I realized like most of their here's what caught me on the fire one of the fire documentaries said there's a boat a yacht where somebody rents it out three hours at a time it does not leave the dock
2: For the photo shoot But influencers
0: come and get their pictures taken on it as if they're living this life that they're not living. And after I saw that, I was like, fuck influencers, man.
2: Those fucking fake fuckers. I'm sick of that. I don't want to see any more of that. And I want my kids to watch it and say, you fake fuckers. This is not who you are. This is not the life you're leading. This is the picture. It's art. You're making art. And congratulations. It's beautiful art, but it's not real. You looks, are not. I mean, and real. I know. I
0: know a professional photo from an unprofessional photo. I knew these were her professional photos. Like, I don't think she's just wearing makeup and Target and a tutu or whatever all the time. I'm just saying, like, that's so much picture taking of yourself. That is so much styling. That is so much set fiddling. That is so much makeup doing. That is so much hair doing. That is so much work. I don't want to do that much work. This is why I don't do video in the first place because the editing makes me obsessively crazy about, you know, cutting in and cutting out. Like
2: it's it's an obsession. I also think we're from a generation where the product isn't us. We are producing something we will work for and make and and put out something. But their product in in these influencers and these millennials, sorry to use that word again. They are are their own
0: brand. And you say, what does your brand stand for? Most of them say positivity. What the fuck even is that? Why
2: don't you just say authenticity while you're at it? Because that's how useless. I'm pretty positive that you're a douchebag who paid a lot of money to take pictures of yourself and you've produced nothing. You're worth nothing. It's just
1: honestly just that's what I hate. uh, You know what? I this popped into my head. I really think that with all the people that you know, you have to know somebody that's a writer.
2: Oh, yeah. And
1: I think what I would do is I would say, listen, I want to partner with you and I want to tell Emily's story from the beginning. I want to get this on paper and write the book of Emily's story all the way up until the end and then get that out on paper. And I think that that book, not only would it help you, but it would help other people that are going through this. And then who knows, it could turn into, you know, a movie or something like that. But I really believe that that story is a story that needs to be told. And I think it would help you. And I think it would help others. And I'm not lying. I, I mean, you know, you're going to put it on your plate. But you, then what you have to do is you have to delegate. You have to delegate the, this person. And you just have to sit down and tell the story and let that person write the story.
2: I don't think I would do it as a book, though. I think I would do it as like an eight-episode Netflix series. Or I would do it as – It's, it's going to be hard to do, do that think when that she's happens? dead, it, though. How am I going right, to do that? Right. It's a book. No cuz you have a whole life after her. You have a whole oh, picking up the pieces after her. It let me tell you, if it ended when Emily died, then we wouldn't be even that's talking true. about this. It not addiction. All of this stuff goes on forever. That's Jessica true. is is raising money right now for yeah. for a cause. She is I mean, it is in her fabric. It's in her the makeup. The other
0: thing I wanted to do is a sheet podcast event. I've always wanted to do that and people ask me for it all the time. Yeah, you have I to. I
2: thought you were doing one in Elsie's house. No.
0: I have fired Elsie from the project. <laughs> Yeah, really. (laughs) I'm not joking. Wish I was. I'm not joking. She cannot be a part of it. John knows. John knows. She's unreasonable. She
2: is part of She Podcast. No, she is part of She She Podcast.
0: She will be like paid talent. I will pay for her room and board. I will pay for her talent to show up and speak. She is not to make one decision about the event because she's just out of her element when it comes to this.
2: My question is So, you go to these conventions or you have these conventions and you have all of these people come and you're going to PodFest and Elsie goes with you. And when you go to a hotel room, do you unpack? Oh my
0: God, I knew you were going to ask this question because I saw it. If I'm somewhere for the weekend. (laughs) Because I'm psychic.
2: Yeah, yeah. When's the
0: last time I went away? Where was I? Oh, we went away for the night for my birthday. I did not unpack, I barely packed. (laughs) Like I wore the same jeans, same bra. Like I just changed the necessities. If I'm away for a weekend, if I'm going somewhere fancy, I will unpack that and hang it so it doesn't get dirty. And I just want to make sure I know where my pantyhose is and shit like that. If I'm like for PodFest where I will be there from the 5th through the 10th, yes, I will fully unpack, put my suitcase away. That I will unpack for because the suitcase is then just for dirty laundry. So that's not hanging out with my clean clothes. So, yes, I do unpack when it's longer than two days.
1: You? I never unpack, first never? of all. And then, never. And then, what I do is I get the plastic bag that you're supposed to do to the, from the hotel room, and I put my dirty clothes oh, in that, right. and I don't even put that in my hotel. So, not we only is that. do Right. Well, yeah. here, here's the worst part when I come back, I don't even unpack there. I use the clothes out of the, the suitcase until that suitcase is empty. Then I put that's the suitcase away. Smart, actually. I don't even unpack when I come home. I still live out of the suitcase until all my John, clothes are. John, when's your out laundry there. day? Uh, when I run out of clothes.
0: How, how long does it take you?
1: Uh, it takes me a day. It's three. I all the clothes that I have and I <laughs> one wear one fucking
0: outfit. No, that's not what she asked you.
1: No, wait a minute. <laughs>
0: that's not what she asked. Me. I don't mean how, how long, long do you wear one you? shirt. I mean how many clothes? How many oh. days were the clothes do you have?
1: I have uh, I have two weeks worth of clothes. Okay, so two. two weeks. It takes me a day to do I'm the wash because all two. my clothes, all my clothes that are dirty is three loads yeah. of wash. Okay. All right. So then I do those three loads of wash. And I take them back upstairs and I fold them and I I put them away. And then what happens is I go into I go in the, the drawer and I go oh shit I don't have I, this is my last pair of pants. Then I drag the laundry down and I do the laundry. That's how it works in the bachelor land.
2: Stuart did that this morning, yesterday, he looks up, he's like, Oh, my God, this is my last undershirt. And he looks at me and I'm like, you've got like, seven of them folded neatly for you in the laundry room. Like, no, I'm plowing through laundry, like I'm getting paid for it. So you are not at the end of your anything. But his favorite feeling ever is having all of his clothes clean. Every article of clothing. Interesting. I like that too. I like that too, actually. Everything. So that means you need to be standing there naked with all of your clothes yeah. clean. Like everything is. Is I agree. Hundred percent. Yeah, he loves that too. Loves mm-hmm. it. All right. I think we're good. Are you ready to wrap, Let's it, wrap up? it up? Wrap it up. Rub it down. Oh, thank you guys so much for listening to
0: today's episode, however choppy it turns out to be. We appreciate you <laughs> sticking through it. If you watched the fire festival before and you listened to what we said, I would love to talk to you about what you thought of it specifically. At which point were you stunned? That's my favorite question to ask about the fire. And, where, and where do you think they went wrong? Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what, I'm, that's oh, what, that's what, what I what I'm, wants to know. Fuck me. That's what Melissa wants to know. Where. That means you love and, oh, well, me. Either way. I do love you. Um, Okay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, BrilliantObservations at gmail.com is where you can reach us. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at listenbrilliant. Our show notes are at brilliantobservations.com. Check it out if we have show notes. I think I forgot to make them this time. I got all psyched up about the fire festival. What can I say? I'll do it. I'll do it. I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Peace out, Home Slice.
2: Bye. Bye. Bye.